Welcome to Voyage of the Geek for another weekend, or week, this time on a Tuesday, our new time slot, 7pm. Oh, don't leave the opening music on loop, (laughs) (laughs) although it deserves such (laughs) reverence. Uh, New time slot, Tuesday uh, evening, 7pm Australian Eastern Standard. Uh, This is our first official Tuesday 7pm time slot. Mm Mm-hmm. Myself, Dave Scotland, joined by Dan Miller. Hey. And every week we peruse the world that is the geekosphere that drifts past us and uh, we comment on it and try to make sense of it and bring some info, learn some things, all sorts of, uh, from all sorts of angles. Exactly. So how was your week, sir? What have your, uh, what's, what's piqued your interest throughout the week? Anything interesting? Oh, I had to go to the dentist. Mm. That was pretty interesting. Yeah, <laughs> for, for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> interesting billing structure. Uh, that's interesting. Right. <laughs> yes, interesting. Um, uh, shall we say, in in another time, could be deemed as torture devices. That's right. My experience wasn't too bad, actually. You know, there's all sorts of things. There was drilling involved and mm-hmm. some needles and all sorts of things. Did you have a root canal? Yes, I. Well, I'm in the process of enjoying the process of Not currently. Man. Yeah. No, man. If you're in the process of it, it means they're waiting for the tooth to settle down. Yeah, that's right. They said, <laughs> as I said, you know, as I said to you earlier on, it's not the um, the needles or the drills that are actually the problem. It's having your mouth open and a small yeah. tool shed stuck in there for an hour. Absolutely. And and sucks. so it's the jaw, yeah. but also the angle of the neck too can be yeah. quite un, unnatural. Yeah. Um, I've woke, uh, I've gotten up out of a dentist's <clears throat> chair before and just couldn't move. Just my neck seized up, my jaw seized up. Um, and yeah, the drills and the needles is nothing compared to that uncomfortable sort of position you've got to hold. And what I kind of like is if the dentist would give you updates. You have to be tactic, you know, tactful, right? But give you updates as to what's going on, you know? Yeah. We're halfway done. Yeah. You know, we're almost there. Mm. You know, things like this rather than dead silence and, you know, nurse that's, hand me the XB427. Yeah. That's uh, <coughs> that's a good dentist if they're doing that. Mm. Yeah. I've had a couple of good ones. Leanne was a... Um, um, a dental assistant for ten, over 10 years, oh, yeah. um, which was good for me mm-hmm. because, like, you don't get freebies because mm-hmm. second dentists are second to lawyers to me. <laughs> um, <laughs> they they start out with noble noble intention, <laughs> but it's, it soon becomes about the almighty buck. Yeah. Uh, but I've got to be careful. Um, so I, don't, I never got freebies or, or things like that, but um, I got good... 
good service, you know, mm. but from really good people that were sort of almost, because Leanne was like family, they have a close relationship, the dentist and the dental assistant, mm. working every day like that. Mm. So they spend more time together than they do with their family. Mm. Um, but yeah, so I was I was lucky, but no more, Leanne, Leanne's out of that, uh, that game. So the dentist is the most interesting thing you uh, had a look at. Uh, that came your way through this week? It was one of the most remarkable things, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Memorable. Yeah. Um, I've been... Uh, what about yourself? I've been yeah. looking at some trailers. Um, we've had a few trailer releases over the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of trailer updates. So new versions, I guess. Um, we And I thought that's what we can have a look at tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, have a look at some of the up-and-coming films for the remainder of 2016 and uh, early 2017 um, and and just have a look at uh, stuff that sort of interests us in, and, and is in, in our wheelhouse uh, in relation to visual effects, um, sort of that some there's some good examples of some nice uh, invisible visual effects mm-hmm. uh, and there's some good examples of some very visible visual effects but um, for me I'm really excited about some of the uh, sci-fi properties that are that are on the on the horizon yeah I was checking out a few um, over the past couple of days which, um, which one is the one that out of the last couple last couple of days which is the one that sort of piqued your interest the most and we'll uh, throw that up first well um, okay so there's a there's a collection of good looking ones but I think Valerian yes is the uh, the eye opener I agree it's um, it's Luc Besson, the uh, the director that gave us the Fifth Element. Yes, and various other uh, various other titles. So we'll just have the, have this playing in the background while we discuss some of the uh, some of the can more you, beautiful elements. Can you just rewind it actually? Yeah, just yeah, sure. Before we, we do that, and actually turn the sound on, mm-hmm. just flip flip the sound on, and we'll play that for a second. Home sweet home. Because the sky is- it's the Beatles. It's the Beatles. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool, yeah. eh? Yeah. So that's what I just wanted to highlight. Um, reminds me of Guardians of the Galaxy a little bit. Look at the colour palette. I'm just talking about music. To oh, start yeah, with. really? Music, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. And what I'm saying actually is, you know, they could have gone down the Inception route where yeah. you have that big, that yeah. big brass inception yeah. over the top. We Bar- are in is your it Baric- face. Baricus, Baricus is very low end and yeah, you yeah, know, very yeah. Uh, symphonic. You know the inception sound. Mm. You know everybody kind of uses yeah. it. It's, this it's, big it's the low womp siren, siren, yeah. Wah, yeah, sort of a thing. And and you could imagine that they're doing that in mm. this. You know. Uh, particularly in some of the shots where they're jumping across chasms and all of that type of stuff. But no, they went for this. Uh, they went for the Beatles. And I think that's, um, you know, I really like that. It yeah. gives it a sort of a, a grounded, um, I don't know, it sounds more homey, homesy, if that's yeah. a, gives it, is that a kind of a word. Grounded in, in, our, um, in our history. Instead of going for a futuristic sound, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Not homes, like, and that's, that's where Guardians right. of the Galaxy. You, you're drawing the parallels. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. It yeah. puts it in a, um, gives it a sort of a familiar flavour. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Do you know anything about the property? I don't. Uh, I know it's a graphic novel. Yeah, I know a little bit about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the more that I find out about it, the more that it, um, I find it, uh, the more that it interests me. Actually. 
Um, so yeah, I'll, start, I'll tell you a few things that I do know about it. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, it's um, I think it's a yeah a comic from France uh, in 1967 or eight or something or other. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty old. Um, and it's been going for a very long time. So I think the first point about it is that there's a lot of depth there. So they've got a lot of stuff to draw on. And so that kind of means a couple of things. So there's an artistic law that there's already a law. exists. There's a law behind it. Yep. So um, that probably means a couple of things that um, they can either draw on the law yep. or ignore the law. Yep. Ignoring would be disastrous. Yes. Right? Um, Because it's like, you know, 40 or 50 years worth of law, so you might as well draw on it. And, of course, that means that um, there are a lot of fans, and if the the fans are not seeing what they expect from the law, you're in trouble. Yeah. And and why would you do it anyway? I mean, why would you cash – Ignore that. Lock in on a property that already exists that has a stylistic – um, vision already established. Mm. Why would you take that on mm. and then change it? Mm. Like it's silly. It's a silly idea to me. It's I get why. Say we got Batman, right? Which mm. has been hammered on every in every medium, you know, for decades. Mm. So coming up with something interesting and new, I get. You know, looking for opportunities of interesting new. Um, it's funny that it always comes back to what it. Like the latest Batman. Uh, movies apparently are very close to the original Batman vision, oh, which good. is quite dark. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So things can tend to come full circle. But, yeah, I've always wondered about directors that take on projects from existing properties mm. and then do their best to just reinvent it. Why didn't you just come up with your own idea? Like, Yes, exactly. And we've also talked about previously on the show about why, you know, the writing fails and mm. typically fails when there is um, – well, our opinion of why it fails is when there's other competing forces that are for some reason getting their fingers in the pie for no damn good reason. Yeah. You yeah. know, I don't know, advertising people. It's got to have a or, giant spider. Yeah, yeah, or some sort of bizarre producer who's had too much cocaine and demands that there has to be a giant spider in the I think we the should movie. coin the, the phrase in, in common speak mm. the way Jump the Shark started. Yeah. Um, and just call it, you know, when someone refers to it, what do you think of that movie? Oh, it had a giant spider. <laughs> yeah. Even if it doesn't have a giant spider, you, the, the phrase st- is, is a statement of those producer hands in the pie, those... Um, Spidery hands yeah, in the pie. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, of course, if, you, if you're not unfamiliar with what we're talking about, we're talking about the uh, producer that tried to kick off the Tim Burton Superman movie mm-hmm. um, that all he wanted was a giant spider and... Um, didn't want Superman to fly, mm. can't fly, can't wear the suit and must have a giant spider. Yep. Um, so, yes, um, it, we have seen some films uh, destroyed by such uh, such people. So um, one thing I, I really liked about, uh, about this trailer and about what this film looks like is the colour grading. Mm. We've definitely not gone for that uh, peach teal... Um, summer blockbuster Transformers color grade. Yeah, yeah. It's beautifully and uh, it's it's beautiful and lush, uh, and it goes right across the color yeah. colorscape. Yeah. Um, and there's some beautiful moments like this. Mm. I'm seeing a Reminds lot of, of Avatar. Of yeah, I'm seeing a lot of homage yeah. here. Whether whether it's subliminal, mm. which can happen in a director's mind. Mm. This is very um, Avatar. Mm. Um, there's a few. There's a few underwater shots. 
Um, there's one here with some giant sort of monsters. Where is it? Let me see if I can find it. Yeah, this underwater shot here with these giant monsters underwater. What does that shot there look like to you? I don't know. It reminds me of June. Phantom Menace. Yeah, it does remind me of Phantom yeah, Menace. Yeah, with yeah. this. Yeah, with yeah, the, the fishes. Yeah. 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 Um, and I think that can happen. But then again, that shot could have existed. Maybe that inspired Lucas. We don't know. Well, well, we should talk about that in a bit because mm. that could be a thing. Yeah. Okay. Because um, this as is much as I don't like to admit it, that that yeah, that shot might have been, in, you know, inspired by um, Phantom Menace because that was a cool shot in the in it the Phantom Men yeah, Menace, yeah. right? When the the big fish, yeah, and then yeah. even bigger fish. There's always a bigger fish. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's, but we don't know. Like mm. uh, I don't, I'm not 100 percent sure of the history of the Valerian property and whether it actually predates Phantom <laughs> Menace because. It could work the other way. Oh, so well. I mean, the comic predates Phantom Menace, so therefore Lucas may have taken well the idea, well, or been inspired by it. If we reverse back to the start of the film, yeah, of the trailer or the, the trailer, the, sorry, yeah, yeah, go into the opening couple of shots. What is that you see on the screen there? Come back a bit and just play it once or twice. It. it uh, I'll, I'll lay on the the hints thick enough after a while. It looks a bit like a Millennium Falcon. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely looks a bit like a Millennium Falcon. Now that is not the Millennium Falcon. Mm -hmm. That's the. Um, and I had to look this up to make sure. This is the XB nine eighty two. Oh, of course, of course. Now it doesn't have a coolest name as Millennium. Maybe, maybe they call it something else in the movie. I don't know, but. Um, that's the ship. That's yeah. the spaceship from the comics. Yeah. Um, and if you Google it, you'll find these comparisons showing the Millennium Falcon next to the All right. XB-982. Well, it looks like it. It's got like that cross, that cross walkway, that sort of tunneled walkway. It's a circular sa yeah. saucer type of a ship with yeah. the big rocket packs in the back. And if not for <clears> the <throat> small circles on the rocket packs, if, if you had replaced these with a band of blue, mm -hmm. that is the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, um, can we flick to my screen for just half yes, a sec? We, yes, we certainly can. So, you know, there is some suspicion that... Um, well, not suspicion, but, you know, it's likely that um, a quite couple of different things came out of um, those comics that influenced Star Wars. It's... Um, it's uh it's fairly uncanny. Even even these uh, pitted circular areas yeah, yeah. that sort of drop down and and emboss down into the body. Hmm. It's very interesting. And in in the comic, they've it looks like in the trailer they've made an effort to come away from that bar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The energy and bar added, on the back. Yeah, yeah. And added some circles instead. So what date was this? Uh, I I don't know exactly. The comic. Um, not. It, oh, geez. It couldn't. Um, <laughs> Switch back to you. <laughs> Windows has decided. <laughs> you you suck, Microsoft. Um, because it, it couldn't predate the seventy this nineteen seventy seven, could it? First came out in nineteen sixty something or other sixty seven. So it's like ten years earlier. Ooh, that's interesting. So yeah, it's it's potential. And there's you know there's other things you know like there's um thousands of aliens and you know that's another good theme in Star Wars that there's an endless supply of alien races and um, and a few other things. All right, so just to give you a bit more of a understanding of it, um, it's about time travel. Oh, cool. 
Okay, so these guys are, and so the XB982 is also a time ship. Yep. Right. Um, and our two hero heroes here, that's Valerian, mm -hmm. is the guy. Yep. And Lorelei is the, the chick. Mm -hmm. And um, what I understand is that um, it's a bit like Doctor Who, actually. Valerian has picked up Lorelei from... So she's the assistant sort of thing. Yeah, well, well she's kind of. Now this is this is actually an interesting part of the of the film, mm. of the story rather, is that um, yeah he's picked her up from France in you know the Middle Ages or something or other. So she's she's come from back in time, mm -hmm. and then she eventually becomes one of these um, these. Um, she, he's like a some sort of a time traveling policeman. Oh, okay, all right, to keep all the time stuff in check. Mm -hmm. It's a bit, bit like um, um, Men in Black, I yeah, think, is, yeah. in some ways, is that... Uh, or the lesser-known uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme movie, Time Cop. <laughs> Time Cop, yes. <laughs> yes. That's the only that's Van Damme movie that I can actually sit through, be entertained, and not have a problem with it. Oh. It's actually a good film. Is it? I yep. can vaguely remember parts of that. It's recently been released on Blu-ray, and oh. it, it, will, it will definitely go into my really? collection, yeah. Yeah, right. Yep. Um, so he's a time cop. So he's a kind of a time cop. Um, now here's where there's some interesting stuff, and and I really, to be honest with you, just picked this up from reading the the wiki article, which was really good. Um, so there's there's a, they they actually give the history of the character and the changes in the character, which is really cool. Mm -hmm. um, and this is some of the stuff that the story should be, you know, taking hold of and and including. So. You know, this guy is the uh, is meant to be a rich. He's he's meant to be a bit stupid. Oh, okay. <laughs> so he's he's kind of meant to be a bit of a uh, a twist on Superman or something or other. He's a bit of a klutz. Mm -hmm. Um and yeah, so he's a little bit compromised. Um, and you know, the chick's supposed to be more intelligent than he is. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. Yeah, that's basically um, the two characters. I don't know what. Oh no, the the story is actually based off one of the um, the comic books. So it's based so there's around. the potential for a franchise here. Yes, and it's the, so yes, hence the name. Yeah, what name? Thousand cities. Valerian, uh, Valerian, and the city of a, of a thousand planets. Yeah, yeah. So I imagine well, they're they're setting themselves up for yeah. doing future films because they've just picked. There's probably something canon involved in the in the story that, that they're doing. So there's some interesting, uh, some very interesting creature designs <clears throat> uh, in the property. Go back one. Go back one more. Those guys. Mm -hmm. I don't know what they're called. They've got some big bizarre name. Yeah, I'm not too sure. But these are these are actually from the the story. These guys are a part of the story. Yeah. So, who are these guys? Um, these guys are now. Remember, um, Mulder and Scully. Yeah. Oh shit! What was that called? What X Files. It? X Files. God damn it! X Files. Mm -hmm. Remember the three geeks that Mulder and Scully yeah, yeah. used. That yeah. always they used got a spin off those guys. I yeah, think. that's right. Yeah. So these guys are something like those guys. Oh really? Right. So they're their kind of contacts or their. So these um, are the exposition device for the for the plot. Normally, they they're the guys that have to explain it, but it must be done by twelve midnight. Or, yeah, you yeah, know, they, yeah. And they know who yeah. this guy is and who that guy yeah. is. And, and before you do it, you have to go here and grab that, <laughs> yeah, and that yeah. has to be brought to this place. You so. always need this mechanism here in the fifth element it was the priest he it was the priest that were 
um, charged with looking after the stones, you know, mm-hmm. um, or looking after the. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, and so and they were the exposition device for in Doctor Who. It's the assistant. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. who are all these people, Doctor? Yeah. Well, let me tell you. <laughs> you know, wouldn't Doctor Who be boring if it did? If <laughs> yeah. it was just him? Yeah, yeah. He wouldn't have to say anything. So these are just some shots from. Uh, there's some some really nice design. See. You've got all this future stuff, and then you've got them. You know, that's a that's a Hawaiian shirt. Well, they're time travellers, mm. right? Yeah. So they're always. I don't know what the story's going to be. I don't know anything about it. But they're yeah. There's a Hawaiian shirt. So yeah. yeah, they're probably zapping around in time, trying to fix paradoxes and and do all of this sort of business. Yep. And there's a Millennium Falcon again there. Yeah, that looks very Millennium Falcony, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> all you got to do is put a radar dish on top, and you would. Honestly, you would think make it a was a spin-off. Yeah. I love the design of these characters here. Uh, it's also good, isn't it? Mm. Uh, and all of the colour balancing and stuff. You know, I think we've said this before. Because you have to put in so much effort into VFX and animation, mm. you actually get, I think, and because you can't create, I mean, because nothing's for free, really, you have to make everything. Yeah. So that prompts you to decide what it should be. And if you can, you know, ask the right question and... Mm. You can come up with some really good results like this stuff here. Absolutely. So I'm very excited about uh, Valerium. Now, a, a trailer that was released only in the last sort of 48 hours, mm-hmm. very similar in a stylistic world to this movie, is Ghost in the Shell. And yes, are you familiar with the um, with the original manga? Not enough. Not enough. I've but seen yes, it a couple of times. Yeah. I've seen it a couple of times. It's the sort of movie that that will appear randomly over throughout the years on SBS uh, mm-hmm. at late at night, 11 o'clock at night on a Saturday night or something like that. Mm-hmm. When Normally when there's not much else going on on television mm-hmm. um, and I've flicked across and caught it at least three times. I've probably seen it three times in its life. And I've always been super impressed with it. Mm-hmm. It's got a great narrative um, because it's, because it's cartoon, it's very easily du- overdubbed, um, and so I've seen the, the English versions. Um, I've never, I've never seen the original version with uh, subtitles mm-hmm. or anything like that. Um, but you'll see what I mean with the stylistic, um, the color. It, it, first of all, first of all, it's the color palette that immediately takes you. Doesn't seem as vivid as Valerian. So there's that colour palette that I'm talking about where so many films just have a look here that's that teal peach yeah. colour palette they're, they're complementary like colours there's another movie that we might be talking about which is Underworld yes which is doing the same they thing they like to go heavy that direction teal as well colour palette yeah now the Underworld one is almost um, justified and we'll get to that because it's a night thing so much, so much of it happens at night mm. and the Hollywood night is this bluey tealy sort of colour where, yeah. we, where we all know that everything's <coughs> not blue when you walk out on a full moon yeah um, I like the Simpsons night is purple it, yeah pink and purple and I think um, Mad Max Fury Road they did the same thing they went away from the bluey teal night and they went with a purple night I have to be reminded, but um, actually, let, remind me to come back to Mad Max because there's a really interesting uh, development uh, in in Fury Road. But yeah, I saw that shot and I thought, oh, you know, what are you doing? And then I started to see more and more and more color, um, 
it looks beautiful. It's action-packed. It's very violent. It's mm. going to be a very violent film um, because even the, the cartoon, the manga cartoon, was very, very violent. Mm. Um, and it's not a big stretch for her to come from um, her character from the Avengers to into this. There are lots of uh, martial arts style moves and jumping around and shooting people. and um, mm. But... A stunning, stunning-looking trailer. A really impressive trailer. And a great property. Really excited about this one as well. Um, been a bit of a controversy about uh, Scarlett Johansson playing a Japanese character mm. and not getting a Japanese actor yeah. to play the Japanese character. Yeah. There's, <laughs> there's a couple of key characters in it that don't look like... that look like they're not... Not Japanese. Yeah, that should have been. The thing for me, though, is I think... The art style is not Japanese. No. This is the bizarre thing because I've, I've read a whole bunch of posts about people saying, oh, this is a travesty. It's a mm. Japanese character. Should have a Japanese person playing the character. Yeah. But if you go and look at the artwork, it's not. They're Caucasians. Yeah. And a lot of people will defend that and then say, no, no, no. It's just they draw Japanese characters to look that way because that's what yeah. they draw them like. Like like this guy here in the original um, – that's what he looks like in the original. That's what he's he looks he's like. got a blonde spike tear <laughs> with sideburns and, and he's uh, very ca- Caucasian in, in, in look. One of the um, other characters that's like um, some sort of um, police commissioner boss type dude is played by a Japanese character. But yeah, yeah. If you go back and look at the comics, he's drawn as a Caucasian. It's yeah. a, it's like, it's not, it, he's got a Caucasian nose, yep. a big, you know, long, pokey Caucasian nose, um, you know. Caucasian eyes, everything. Um, so it's anyway. It's a really. I, I think it's a bit of an interesting question about. Mm. Um, you know, do you go with the art style? Because that's what I think they're doing, and I think Scarlett Johansson kind of looks like what the comics look like. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, if is that strong enough justification? Because this guy here is the guy you're talking about. The. Um, yeah, it might be him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you go and check out his character, and I can't remember what his character's name is, but his character's name, you know, his character in the comics mm. is. Occasion. So anyway, I thought that was an interesting discussion. Yep. Um, they've played. They've played directly to the original art style and and framing mm. and sequences. That, yeah, definitely that, the framing. Yeah, this that awesome sequence where she's invisible fighting the guy in the water. Mm. Um, and this shot. Yeah, yeah. You can imagine this from yep. the original. This looks exactly like what you'd get in a yep. in a manga anime, yep. right? This, yep. this, yeah yeah, 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 absolutely. This is with all these cyber monks sort of all hooked up to her. So as far as um, trailers go. Mm. What would you give that out of 10 for a trailer? Oh, I don't know. How do you judge give give something out of 10 for a trailer? I, I rate it quite highly as a trailer. <clears throat> I think there's enough there to really explain to me what type of film it is. Okay. It also explains to me where they sit with the law. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it has scope. Mm-hmm. Sometimes trailers are very scoped in. They d- yeah, they want yeah. to surprise you and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't I'm, – I'm not a fan of that. I need mm. to see some degree of scope. I want to know how much how, how much effort you've gone to. Mm. Um, and there's enough of it there that really there's no narrative there. There's just a little hint that it's about her, um, that there's some soul-searching going on there. She's getting information from people and trying to work out. But I don't know the plot. 
So if you're thinking of the trailer as a product sample, you know, as just a little slice of the, yeah. the product that yeah. you're about to get. Yeah, I think as it's a vertical effective. slice to uh, to take a phrase from our game brethren. Yes, I think it's pretty effective. Mm. It looks pretty cool to me. Yeah. And it's like this and um, Valerian. Yeah, I'd like to go and see these movies. Absolutely. I thought both <laughs> of them were excellent trailers. Um, in a time where we've seen some really shitty trailers, yeah, um, yeah. in the the ones these two and the Rogue One trailer, mm-hmm. um, they've been pretty impressive. Mm. Um, just while while we touch on Rogue One, I did read an article the other day that they continually keep releasing more footage, either through interviews, behind the scenes. They they just keep releasing there's a there was a Japanese trailer or a Chinese trailer that came out mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago and it had all this extra footage as well and if you add all this footage up you get the movie you got a whole lot of stuff there <clears throat> that and and the worry is stop doing it you yeah, know you yeah. guys have got to stop we, we've had enough we don't need any more we want to see the film if you go back to Ghostbusters our stock standard Complano Fest Ghostbusters. Our litmus. <laughs> Our litmus test. I think they did that exact thing with, with Ghost, Ghostbusters so that after a few weeks you mm. could grab a bit from here, a bit from there, piece it all together, mm. and you pretty much had the whole movie. And in re- retrospect, people watching it, uh, looking at it from the other end, yeah. you know, they did. They released everything. The bad guy, the super bad guy monster. Yeah, yeah. Bill Murray going out a window. The whole bit. They released everything. Was it so. Bill Murray or Dan Aykroyd? No, Bill Murray. Yeah, it was Bill Murray. Yeah. It was all there. It was yeah. all in the trailer. Yeah. yeah. Including a bunch of stuff that they released <coughs> after the release like with their supplement trailers. That, that I think that's true as well. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we're starting off uh, heavy sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Heavy sci-fi. So let's go with something that's a little bit more fantastic. And specifically, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. So this is, um, um, for those that aren't in the know, this is a Harry Potter spin-off. Yeah, so this sounds like Harry Potter. We didn't do too much of the connection with Valerian and Fifth Element, I don't think. But We'll come back. We'll yeah. come back because I, I – um, and I'll bring up some uh, – I'd like to bring up some Luc Besson data from uh, IMDb as well okay. and have, have a look at some of the things he's done between mm-hmm. – uh, fifth element and now. Oh. Um, so yes, this is the uh, the spin-off sort of Harry Potter universe. Um, it looks like they're shooting for a franchise as well, mm-hmm. um, especially with the length of that. Um, I think Fantastic Beasts is going to be the franchise, much like Harry Potter and the. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, this is Fantastic Beasts and oh, okay. blah blah blah, mm-hmm. um, and it's probably going to revolve around. The main guy, the the I forget his name now. Not this guy, um, the guy that pops out of the suitcase. Yep. This is um, f- as far as fantasy goes, quite a quite a beautiful looking film. Mm. Um, the story, as I as I'm aware of it, it's sort of uh, uh, as as is the way in the Harry Potter universe where you've got wizards and and. Um, um, humans and humans aren't really aware of the wizards. Well, I think this movie is all about the crossover and a uh, potential war between the two. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, the exposing of um, of muggles uh, by muggles of the the wizard world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, interesting and. My big question is: Is it a, is it a kids' movie? Is it is it still in that Harry Potter um, time um, age group? 
And what will the um, Harry Potter th- fans think of it? Will they just lap it up, Absolutely. or will it be rejected as you know trying to uh, steal the limelight or yeah. something or cash other? In cash in on, cash in on. Yeah, right. yeah. yeah. So is this this is a rolling. This is J.K. Rowling, yeah. I don't know. No, I don't know. Sorry. I'd, I'd, I'll be keen to find out if it is. Um, right. I'm not too sure whether it is or not. Um, but as a trailer, nice trailer. I probably wouldn't rate it as highly as the, the two previous ones that we've had a look at, but uh, there's a lot going on in it. Um, this latest trailer is the final tra- – they, they hmm. term it the final trailer. <coughs> I think it's the fifth trailer that they've released. Hmm. Um, oh, hang on. Let me set it there. Here we go. So it's... Did that just pop up again and take off? November. Here we go. Oh. Written... Uh, it did say written by J.K. Rowling. Mm. So, um, yes, that's that's a little bit of fantasy. Um, I'll definitely uh, I'll definitely see it. And Didn't seem as vibrant, to be honest with you, as the last two that we looked at. No, no. It's it, And you I should. think... It's the period. Yeah, it has to be in smelly it's, London, it's, yeah, so you can't. I have... think it's in New York or something. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah. And I think well, that's it's one of those old schooly. I think part of foggy. The, yeah, yeah. Places where where they're driving around in Model Ts and yeah, stuff yeah. Like this stone brick grey stuff. I don't think everywhere. there is a lot of colour. Like, it's, interesting, it's hard to know because every photo we have of the time is black and white. Um, but I always envision everything to be washed out. Mm. It's, it's, it's earth tones and browns and mm. greys and um, mustards and mm. nothing is vibrant unless you're wealthy. Danky greens. And, and when you're really wealthy, you, you get the My Fair Lady with the big, you know, bright colours. <laughs> and the. Do you know what I mean? Like, but I think most people – interesting times because people couldn't afford to eat but they still walked around in suits. <laughs> You know, yeah, like they had vests and and shirt and suspenders and polished their shoes, sort of. That's all people wore. Was uh, guys wore was suits? Even kids wore suits. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I think that's all they owned. It's funny when you go and see labourers down in old films yeah. digging ditches. They're all in a suit, suit, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> with a tie. And when it gets really hot, they'll take the shirt off but leave the singlet on with the suspenders <laughs> yeah, yeah. and then just put the shirt back on. And yeah, they they go off to the mine. In a blazer. Yeah, in a blazer. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I think that's why there is an absence of um, of colour palette is that it's very period. But yeah, look yes, at that there. That's extremely yeah. washed out. Look at the, look at the flesh tones mm. in that. But even the red tie is not red. Everything is deep in colour. Mm. So you've got your greys. Everything's earth tone. And if, it, if it's not earth tone, it's deep. Mm. So it's deep blue, deep mm. mustard, deep. Burgundy. That, of course, leaves you lots of headroom if you want to splash out with a magical fire effect. Absolutely, or and or I other. think that's the case. I think For um, contrast. Yeah, you, you know, you want to get some um, some real colour into it. It's going to come via the the magic. Yeah, mm. cool. So I'm pretty interested to uh, see that one. I'm not. There you go. From writer J.K. Rowling, creator okay. of Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, it's not like I'm kicking the door down to go and see it. Um, but then again, nor was I with Harry Potter. I wasn't a fan. I don't, didn't know anything about it. Yeah, and yeah. I saw the film before I even knew it was a series of books and things like that. Yeah. And um, wasn't essentially hooked mm. in on the first film because they were little tiny kids. What were they, <laughs> yeah. seven-year-olds or eight-year-olds or something yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's hard as an adult to get into a film with eight, you know, without knowing that there's law behind it and all this other yeah, stuff. Yeah, I suppose that's what... 
that what is what gives a lot of appeal for an audience that was about that same that yeah. age at that time. Yeah. Yeah, they kind of grow up with that. So, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. I think the thing that sort of drew, drew me toward it in the end was they had this balance of dark mm. and fun. Mm-hmm. You know, there was the there was this darkness there and, and it was the first time I'd ever seen a scary sort of uh, thing going on in a film that it wasn't traditionally the things that were going on were played on a lot, lot harder and made a lot more scarier. Mm-hmm. Whereas a lot of the things that went on in those Harry Potter films, they weren't, they didn't sort of, uh, they didn't go that hard on them and they didn't really scare the crap out. There was, it wasn't kids running around screaming all the time. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Even though there was goblins and bloody monsters and all sorts of things, um, they weren't, it wasn't shaky, scary, suspense, thriller sort of sh- stuff going on. I think that hooked me because I'd never seen anything like it. Yeah, like it was that kind before. of fun. Yeah. So the next one. This one is very, very interesting. You heard about uh, The Great Wall. This is a Matt Damon film. And it's all about the Great Wall of China specifically being like it's been built to keep out the Mongol hordes. Monsters. Oh, okay. <laughs> and it's interesting. Like it's really interesting. It looks like a co-production. It looks like there's got, they've got some sort of co-production going on with... Um, uh, with Chinese cinema. Mm-hmm. And there's some stunning um, there's some stunning battle sequences that that uh, happen in this trailer. this this is the latest trailer. It's flushed out a lot more. They did release a trailer a few months ago that showed this shot here with the guy getting pulled over the wall by something and we didn't really see it. even if you fro- froze on the right frame, <laughs> you didn't really know what it was. yeah, but it's such an interesting. Um, such an interesting concept to have this um, this Chinese movie with the main star being Matt Damon, and I think Willem Dafoe was even running around in there before, which I think is an, another exposition device for the film. Mm-hmm. Um, so it looks like there's a lot of martial arts, there's um, special effects, a lot of explosions. Certainly and epic, Lord of the Rings epic. It's huge epic, yeah. And and um, there's definitely some scenes. I'll try and freeze one here in a minute. This is, look at this sequence. Mm-hmm. So he, this this is so um, crouching tiger, <laughs> hidden dragon, isn't it? Yep. Oh, it's a classic. Yeah. So... I'm looking forward to this. Um, I'm looking. I like these types of films. I like um, the Chinese battle-based martial arts films, um, and th- especially when they they spend money on them. Mm-hmm. So a nice color palette in this yeah, one too. Yeah. It does look visually stunning. They've still got their sort of dank. Yep. You know, foggy, and then they've yeah, they're kind of hitting it with all of these highlights. Yep, red arrows there in his back, in his quiver. Yep, sorry. So there's um, that. There's one of those shots. Um, massive um, sim- uh, crowd simulation driving this, obviously, with what what appears like hundreds of thousands of uh, of these monsters cl- climbing up the um, the Great Wall. Mm-hmm. So yeah, interesting concept. Um, and I'm looking forward to it to see. But I've been let down in mm. the past. I've seen a couple of these cross-promotional, um, and I'll, I'll see if I can try and remember the one I saw recently. Really disappointed. It had, it had Jackie Chan in it. There was um, um, 
Cus- John Cusack was in okay. it. Um, there was, and Cusack, I believe, was like a Roman um, warrior that was sent to oh, the okay. to to China to um, help, um, you know, hold off this other Roman guy who was trying to steal the empire and right. yeah, a, a small king, a, a boy king was stolen, like kidnapped, and he was... He, or no, he's trying to escape with the boy king, and the bad guy's trying to chase him. And the whole thing happens through uh, um, through what is traditionally sort of a Chinese war movie sort of thing. Um, I was let down terribly. I think with this one, you know, the epicness... Yes. ...can sometimes... Look at that, that's pretty epic. It is. You don't get more epic. No, you can't get more epic. Sometimes the epic overtakes the story... And kind of, yeah, I don't know. So I would suggest mm, a little bit lukewarm because, yeah, I'm a bit concerned that Epic will just try and swamp everything and say this is so epic. It's very, very Western, like story by Brooks uh, Zwick and Herskovitz, uh, screenplay by Bernard uh, Miro Gilroy and then directed by Zhang Yimao, I think it's Yimao. Um, these names, like... Interesting point there. ...look like Hollywood, yeah? <clears throat> yep, they do. So, yeah. Um, so I'll keep an eye on it. Um, I think it's interesting. I think it might... I'm going to give it a chance. Mm. Um, it's a good trailer, but, um, yeah, I don't know. It, it feels thin. <laughs> yeah, it feels thin. It does feel thin. Sounds about right. So let's have a look at Underworld. Have you... Followed this series much? I have followed this series much. The very first Underworld, when it came out, I just thought, well, this is pretty fucking cool. There's that colour palette. Yeah, that teal, blue, everything blue yeah. colour palette. And if you're lucky, you, you might get some flesh tone. Um, yeah, I basically loved the very first one. I went out and bought the, the DVD immediately. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, yeah, completely excellent. I mean, I loved... Always loved werewolves yeah. and vampires, you know, and you put the two together and, you know, who doesn't love yeah. werewolves plus vampires? Plus it was all done really cool and Kate Beckinsale or whatever her name is, she's pretty um, uh, commanding yeah, yes. in her uh, performance. Yeah. You know. And, very dynamic actress yeah, and in you, front of the camera. And you believe her, you know, that she's the real deal, she's the shit. <laughs> She, you know? Yes, you do. You believe she'd kick your ass. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I really loved the first one and I thought it was really um, fresh mm-hmm. and unique. Mm-hmm. Um, as for the second one, the second one um, I thought suffered a little bit from the, I don't know, the Big Brother syndrome where it was trying to sort of compete with the first one and um, – yeah, um, I think as a standalone movie, it would probably be pretty good by itself, but mm-hmm. perhaps didn't um, meet the same level as the first one. Yep. And plus it suffered from story doom creep, which is something I just invented, which means that, and this is the this is the problem with Superman, the problem that Superman has, yeah, yeah. is that the first story about Superman is he's, fighting bank robbers, yeah, and then the second one, he has to save Gotham City or, sorry, whatever city. What's the city? Uh, Metropolis. Metropolis, of course. The next one he has to save, you know, 
the world. The whole world. Yeah. And the next one, he has to save time, space, yeah. the universe and everything. Yep. And then where do you go? Yep. So the problem with um, the second underworld is that they took the vampires and the werewolves and they squashed them together to make the ultimate yeah. vampire werewolf creature. That's right. Um, and then, yeah, after you've done that, you know, so when I saw this trailer, you know, the thing that kind of gave me a bit of concern was I think it says in, the, in here somewhere, I think there's a voiceover or something, it says whoever Kate Beckinsale's character is, I can't even remember, she has to face the most incredible drama that she's ever faced that's twice as awful as anything before. <laughs> yeah. You know, and you're sort of thinking, uh, okay. Because as they also say in the trailer, you know, we've never seen a million werewolves in yeah. one room at one time. And you can, right. you can sort of think VFX overload, yep. you know, are we going to be upstaging the story? So that's my sort of opinion on it is mm. is that kind of feature creep, mm. you know. Um, the, through necessity. You've got yeah, to you keep upstage, out, outdoing yourself. You've got to upstage the previous version and yep. – yeah, that leaves leaves you with saving time in the universe at yeah, the yeah. end, and there's nothing left? else to do. And then, <laughs> and then you're only left with time travel. Yeah, then you? you're only left with. You've time got to go back and start it all again. <laughs> yeah, only to find that you going back caused it in the first place. Yeah. And well, here we go. <laughs> yeah. Um, the the thing I've liked about the series is the concept of the the lichens and versus. Mm. You know, the whole thing that it's it's there's two warring sort of factions. Mm. Um, Werewolves, for me growing up, were, were if you got bit by a werewolf, you became a werewolf, and that's pretty much it. And then you just have a blood. You go crazy on the full moon and you mm. go out and you kill and maim and mm -hmm. have a thirst to bite, you know, to kill, um, which then passes it on and mm -hmm. things like that. And I'll be the first to admit that I stayed away from werewolves for most of my life because I was taken to an American werewolf in London by my older sisters, way too young. I was way too young. <laughs> and you out. a lot of people today just look at it and go, what's a comedy? It's a horror comedy. Mm. Well, it wasn't that funny at the time, you know, when, when the guy's gored and, you know, ripped to pieces mm. and stuff. Yes, it was funny he was coming back and every time he came back he was more gangrenous and, mm. you know, his mate. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's what I didn't like. That For me, that was yeah. sticking zombies in the mythos. What are you doing? Of course, I, you know, I don't mind... You know, the vampires mixing together. It'd be okay if you mix but werewolves that yeah, yeah. suddenly see zombies. And I'm yeah. like, no, come on, this is not canon. Yeah. I don't know what canon is, but this is not this. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so that was kind of my, my opinion of that. So that kept me away from um, – from it, it actually kept me away from horror movies for a while. Um, that, that, that particular film was um, quite graphic for, for the age that I was. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I like the idea that, that the lichens – that there's an agenda, you know. Mm. There's the the there's a hatred for one another, an agenda, and it makes mm. sense of them both existing in the world. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a good old fashioned action movie. There's a whole lot of uh, action sequences that are that are done really well. Mm. And one minute they're swinging swords around, next minute they're kicking the shit <laughs> out of each other, and the next minute they got Uzis and uh, you know flamethrowers and things like. That. I, think, I think it's pretty cool. Yep. So yes, I, I'm I'm looking forward to it. But yes, I, I I believe you're bang on the money that it is now getting to the silly end. Mm. I think they jumped the shark a little bit a little while ago. Potentially, yeah. I don't know. When writing these movies, you gotta 
like the next it's like um Batman movies with Bane he kind of went back to his roots there he's not yeah. saving the universe yeah he's just fighting this dude yeah, he's yeah. a prick yeah you know and you know it'd be I, I reckon this is my the next Superman movie or the next Batman movie, he has to just be fighting bank robbers. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're yeah. just going to be robbing a bank. I know what you mean. And he's sneaking around and it's dark and it's wet and it's rainy. And the, the bad guy is not out to educate society. No, no, no. Um, he's just trying to rob a bank. Or punish society. They, yeah. He's just greedy. Just want to get some bucks. And you put some little interest in there for, for Batman, you know, there's some chick or relative or something that's involved with these bad guys and that's how he got hooked into the the, the investigation. Yeah. That's what I'd like to see. So, yeah. So, something And he doesn't need a new Batmobile no. with a thousand helicopter bits and a transformer that turns into a boat and a yeah. submarine. Just yeah. just a narrative would be nice. <laughs> yeah. Just a nice three act piece. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> some sort of some sort of pivotal moment in the towards the end of the second act and you know up the stakes. But Let's let's keep it in the real world for a little bit. Mm. Yeah, it's difficult. Mm. Um, it's difficult to convince somebody to give you 150 million to go and make that movie that you've just described. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, because they spend the money before they come up with the bloody idea for the thing. Yeah, and they'll be listening to elevator pitches that have. It's got more werewolves in it than you can poke a stick at, and they're like, "Hell yeah!" <laughs> yeah. So. The final Wonder Woman uh-huh. was out. Um, I think it's the final. Mm-hmm. I believe it's the final uh, trailer. So let's have a look at that one. I've got a feeling we stalled. I think the central screen on the broadcast showing some of these movies stalled towards the end of Valerium. So we may have missed oh. vision for one. Yeah, of them. yeah. So we apologise to anyone. Um, we might have to put some text into the YouTube thing to explain why they're looking at uh, a still image of Valerium. <laughs> um, so, yes, this this particular trailer opens up a lot of the narrative that didn't exist earlier on. Earlier on, it was pretty much her dodging bullets, kicking the shit out of people in the First World War, um, looking uh, resplendent in her Wonder Woman outfit with shield and sword. Um and Magic Lasso, this one really looks, takes the time to look at the narrative and how she comes across the guy, how they meet, um, why she gets involved at all, why she has to leave the island. Um, this is probably a good example of you've, you've shown me too much. Okay. I think you might have shown me too much. Mm-hmm. Um, I pretty much am I'm seeing the movie here. Yeah. I'm going to guess she's, yeah. she lives. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure he lives mm. as well. Um, in fact, in the trailer, she's holding a photo, and I think she even held the photo in Superman versus Batman as well, the same photo. When she's leaving, she's about to leave Gotham at okay. the end of spoilers. Mm-hmm. And then again, that's the show. Um, at the end of the movie, when she's about to leave and she changes her mind and comes back and saves the day for Batman and Superman. Mm-hmm. She's looking at the photo with Christopher Pine, Chris Pine in the photo where mm. they're standing on top of the rubble in victorious uh, pose. Mm-hmm. She, they show that photo, her looking at that photo in this trailer as well. Okay. That sort of wraps up the finish, doesn't it? Mm. It's, we sort of look at it and go, well, those people live. Mm. <laughs> those people all live. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, even though we kind of know that already, it does destroy the um, the illusion of yeah. Um, tension. Yeah. 
But there's some stunning <coughs> vision uh, in this trailer. It certainly looks like it's got a good colour palette, which Love is what this we've been talking, talking about quite a bit. This guy here is either Australian or he's New Zealand. I think he's New Zealand. Remember he played the character in Lord of the Rings. He was the the uh, he was Boromir's old man. Not ringing a bell. He went crazy. He set himself oh, on that fire guy, right. at the end. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Okay. He was oh, yeah, yeah, Faramir yeah. and right. Boromir's old man. Yeah, yeah. I, I get, I, he was the steward. I can see it now, yeah. Yeah, the yeah. steward of the Rohan. white... The white, No, the White Tower Fortress. What the fuck was that called? can't remember. Yeah. But I remember him. All right. Because his performance was outstanding. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and seeing him in this is pretty cool. I like to see uh, Aussies and New Zealand actors being depicted as bad guys in films because, for, for my mind, a, a good bad guy makes a film. Yeah, yeah. I'm assuming he's a bad guy, though. Well, he's a German. He's got to be a bad <laughs> he's guy. Got a, he's a German. He's a German. They're always the bad guys. Um, all right, so we've got a bit of teal action going on. A little it's, bit, yeah. Got and a- once again, I think I know the reason. <clears throat> it's because it's set in the First World War. Mm. There's no colour. Mm. Mm. Like even the Red Cross is deep, deep burgundy sort of mm. red. There's mm. no cut. This is definitely the teal um, palette. Teal dimension. Yeah. And the only contrast to it is when she's standing in, um, there's that photo that I'm talking about. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. When she's standing in paradise. Yeah. Yeah. And even then, if I'd colour picked off that, because it's the ocean and because she's got flesh tone, it's the teal, mm-hmm. like it's more vibrant. True. But true. it's still the same colour palette. It's just less satur- uh, more saturated. Interesting point. Yeah. So um, I don't know much about the Wonder Woman lore. Um, you know, I only used to know really Wonder Woman from cartoons when I was a kid. She comes from an island. Yeah, where, yeah. Where there's so no men. Yeah, she's supposed to be like an Amazon, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, I, th- I believe so. Am- Amazonian sort of warrior. Yeah, yeah. Now, what I had a problem with um, with Thor was all of the Thor dimension. Yeah. I'd seen cartoon yeah, yeah. stuff with Thor flying around in his red cape with, you know, his yeah. Molajor or yeah. Molinor, yeah. you know, donking people on the heads and stuff. And, and that despite his silly wings on his hat, I could... You can I, live with that. I could live with that. Yeah. But then when they took us back to oh. the Thor dimension... It looked like an Earth, Wind and Fire musical from the 70s. Yeah. Didn't with, it? It looked with, like disco. Like someone had come in with a disco <laughs> uh, interior decoration uh, idea. The second movie they sort of wised up a bit because mm. I think they copped some flack over it. Mm. Uh, but the first movie... So I'm wondering, is that canon? Is that a thing? Is that... It might. I imagine, you know, because he's Thor, he comes from Valhalla or whatever, mm. but I don't know why they didn't go with an old, you know, medieval yeah. Valhalla, you yeah. know, with wooden tables and Instead wooden... Instead of buildings that look like they were um, Sistine Chapel organ. Techno organ yeah, they fantasies look, yeah, yeah. smooshed together. And the bridge, like the... Um, what's the Rainbow Bridge? What's the um, uh, the Bifrost it's called the Bifrost, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I vaguely remember those. The, the the sensibility of that. Now, if even if that was law, mm. it did not trans- translate well on film. It looks mm. terrible. It mm. looks ridiculous. And I didn't believe it. Yeah. 
I didn't believe that there was really one of those things there yeah. and there was one of those places with people running around with hammers and calling each other Thor and stuff. I didn't believe any of that. Ye olde. Ye olde. I will smite thee. Yeah, I didn't believe it. <laughs> and this is one of the problems I have with, um, Wonder Woman. with Wonder Woman is we're going to go to Amazon Island and we've only seen a little couple of snippets here and I don't know much more about it, but yeah. it looks like we're going down that route. They've got this, this perfect, you know, you know, all of this beach and stuff looks nice, but then they're going to have all this architecture that's yep. perfectly swept yep. with perfectly cut stone and lovely, you know, and, you know, obviously they're supposed to be perfect people and, look, she hasn't got a spot of dirt on her face, yeah. you know, even falling, <laughs> falling over here, she hasn't got a spot There's no of, sand on her at all. There's no sand on her or anything like that. <laughs> So I think we might be in that. That would be, my, be. my complaint, that we're in that kind of zone. Yep. Um, here we see go. there? Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. I don't know. They're outside. They've got a bit of rock architecture, but I can still feel it, you know? Yep. I still, again, I kind of don't believe what they, what they built. What Who built all of this stuff, yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah. I, I'd be much more at home if, if it was at, literally at home and it looked like a Greek island, yep. you know, with some plastered buildings and... It's almost like there's a bit of a curse, isn't there, with um, with the comic book stuff because you've got... In, in the DC Universe, you've got Batman, right? Mm. Who's just a rich guy. Mm. He's a rich guy that learned how to kick a, kick a bit of ass, but he's, without his gadgets, he'd probably be in trouble. Yeah. So he's a rich guy that's got a lot of cool, cool toys, mm. but that's so therefore it's grounded in science, mm. right, with a, just a hint of science fiction in there. Mm. Um, and then Superman's an alien from another planet that has, you know, that can't apparently can't be killed, you know, that just has to stand in the sun and he's as good as gold and stuff. Yeah. And those two have to exist in the same universe. And Marvel mm. have the same problem because they've got Thor mm. and Iron Man. Mm. It's the same shit. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, it's got to be difficult <clears throat> to to try to work out, well, where does our reality sit in that? I know that – I think it's Thor. Is it Thor? Or Odin? There's some actual sort of traditional stories. I think I think it's about Thor. Mm. Uh, somebody tell me in the comments if I'm wrong, but I think it's about Thor, and Thor's a god and everything. Yeah. But I think in some of the actual traditional stories, the thing is he's a bit of an idiot. Yeah, right. I've he's heard a, that as well. He's a bit of an idiot. Yeah. And and the the thing that and that kind of makes it appealing. Yeah. Because he's not this super. I can say he he trips over things. Yeah. And one of them. One of the stories with I think it's with Thor. He's the clumsy hero. He's the clumsy hero. He has to go to um, break up a wedding and get some bride back mm. from some bastard who's been a prick. Yep. You know how he does it? it? It's Loki who convinces Thor to dress up in drag. Oh, cool. So he dresses up as a woman. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's the actual story from yeah, yeah. like... 800 years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can imagine that on the screen. There's this yeah. pathetically dressed woman trying to, you know. Yeah. And, other- and Loki's got the intelligence, like out of the two, mm. Thor's got the strength, you know, and he's the, the god of of lightning, god of thunder. Mm. Um, and, but Loki's the smart one, mm. except he's impure, like he's, he's evil. So yeah. evil, smart... Um, good, dumb. Yeah, yeah. And it makes for an interesting sort of... And that's the balance when you're super yeah. tough. You could be a bit stupid. Yeah. The other cool thing I think about the actual Thor stories is in the end he has to fight, I think it's Ragnarok or whatever, which is the big culmination of the the whole mythos, 
um, where he has to fight the world's serpent. Mm. The world serpent was a, was a force of chaos. So yeah. it's this giant worm the size of a And it keeps eating planet. and getting bigger and bigger and bigger and until it, it consumes the world. Yeah, yeah. And he defeats it. He conks it on the head, but it's poisonous and it bites him and Thor dies. Yep. So, you know, it's another good – it's a good tragedy story, you know. And, and I think it's really relatable, that type of story. He's a big, strong, dumb idiot, but he actually dies for you to save you in the end. And that's really kind of heartwarming, mm. you know, and it's really relatable. Yeah. Have a look at this picture here. How often have you seen yay old school London hmm. – not look like that because this is what it would look like everything's fire driven yeah yeah you know every house yeah. has a fire in it yeah they're all cooking with fire they're heating with fire the 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 factories are churning out like this is first Smoke. world war so we're now starting to see steam and and things like that mm. it would be just a dense heavy smoky place wouldn't mm. it that's probably the most accurate sort of um turn of the century um london that i've ever seen in a map painting i thought it was pretty cool Oh, I might have to bring in some um, stuff that I've been um, checking out, which is old World War One photos that are being Coloured. colorized. Yeah, yeah, I've seen a couple too. Yeah, but not just, but like really like proper, professionally yeah, done. professionally yeah, yeah, yeah. colorized. I oh, know, very and it's impressive. Quite, very impressive. It's very stunning, and it's really cool to see. Um, you see a miner from like 1842, yeah. and he's in a rolled-up shirt with braces and jeans. Yeah, yeah. Because, well, jeans were invented in. And when you colorize it, yeah. he just looks like a regular dude. Yeah. But if you have it as a black and white photo, he looks like ye oldie old yeah, yeah, timer. Yeah. But you colorize it, and it's yeah. suddenly like, oh yeah, you might have seen him down the street somewhere. Yeah, like Oliver Twist. He looked like he's <laughs> yeah. just rolled straight out of Oliver Twist. I know what you mean, and I've got a feeling what they did with some of those, and if if, if not the ones you're looking at, they're, they're certainly the ones that I looked at were. They got materials, they got textiles and textures mm-hmm. and, and did colour um, colour evaluations on them. Oh, right. And then they know that that is what that guy's wearing there. Yeah, yeah, And once okay. you know that, then you know where your your gamut is, I yeah. guess. You know where you, um, uh, your... Your LUT is. Yeah, where your LUT is, you basically. Can... And then it's a question of um, choosing colour within that LUT. Yeah. Because um, you've got your grayscale val- values there, and mm. that represents that, and that mm. represents that. Um, and it's super impressive. Yeah, yeah. And I've seen some, like, World War one World War Two in colour, mm. and I think some of those originally were actual colour footage that mm. they thought, "Hey, we found some colour footage, cool." Yeah. But then subsequently, they thought to themselves, "Well, why don't we actually professionally colour some of this yeah, footage?" Yeah. And so it's not just still pictures and movie pictures as well. Yeah, because the early colouring would have been process would have been a dark art. Yeah, and a, a bit simplistic. Well, it's dip- it's dipping, it's. It's dipping things in emulsion for a certain amount of time, mm. and that's how you get colour, colour timing. Mm. Um, that was not a precise science for most people. Even the guys, when you get to, you know, Ben-Hur sort of days of cinema, colour timers, they did their thing behind closed doors, and it was a master and apprentice type thing, mm. and it was voodoo magic that they were doing, because only they knew the timings. Mm. to dip the film in the oh, emulsion yeah. to get the colours to, to read the way they they did. Big money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, film emulsion in those days was just ridiculous. Okay. Triple X. Have you seen the original Triple X, which is the... Uh, it's basically the new age secret agent that is really a adrenaline junkie X Games type 
character mm-hmm. that gets approached by the American government to go in and spy for them in some far-off country because he can drive anything, he can ski anything, he can do... Like, he's just an adrenaline junkie. Yeah. Um, and it was star originally starred... The government guy was Samuel L. Jackson and the, um, the main guy was... Uh, Vin Diesel, this this guy here, mm-hmm. and so it's just ridiculous. Um, but it's entertaining. It's it's entertaining ridiculous, if you know what I mean. So it looks like uh, our very own. Uh, oh, I forget her name. She's uh, Muriel. What's her name? Muriel's wedding. What's her name? Can't remember. Okay, it'll come to me. Um, looks like she's gone into uh, into secure his services. There was one mm-hmm. one movie. Mm-hmm. He went and retired in Bora Bora by the end of it. Second movie was Ice Cube took the took the role of Triple X. So Triple X is like a 007. <laughs> yeah, it sounds and, like a and multiple people can uh, okay. can inhabit that that Triple X moniker. Mm-hmm. And he was supposed to have died. In the second one, we don't get to see it. They say he's dead. That's mm-hmm. why they went with the other actor, probably because okay. they couldn't come up with the money for him. Um, and now in this one, he's come back after a big hiatus as a movie uh, franchise. There's been mm-hmm. quite a big gap. Mm-hmm. And it is just – you have a look at some of the stuff that goes on in this movie. It's very entertainment uh, entertaining. They get into the tech. I think the threat is somebody has taken over the um, – let's just let's just come back here for a second – Someone has taken over the satellites and that's what the impending doom is of the Earth. They're going to turn them on us or something. These are the bad guys. Now, this guy here, we know him. Um, he, he's the star of the Ip Man um, martial arts. He's also the blind guy from the new Rogue One. Yeah, cool. Yeah? Yeah. This guy's the current <clears throat> light heavyweight UFC champion of the world. Yeah. Um, and these two, I'm not sure about her, and I have seen him in films before, uh, martial arts films. They are lethal. This is, as, a, as a foursome of doom, they are outstanding. Um, really cool action sequences, things like that. All ridiculous. You know, the, 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 I'll, I'll stop saying ridiculous because everything is ridiculous <laughs> in this stuff. And so he has to put his own team together. And there's this funny sequence where he gets introduced to the team that she picks. Mm-hmm. He put, he hooks their harnesses up and then dumps them out of a plane and said, no, I'm going to pick my own team. Mm-hmm. And he goes out and he, he grabs his team. Now her, she's an Australian DJ. Yeah. Her name's Ruby Rose. And um, she's been around for a while. She was uh, on Channel V for a while. She's the sniper okay. um, of, the, of the crew. Um, this guy's the crazy bastard. You'll see here at one point puts a mouthpiece, a mouth guard in to do <laughs> to, to do his crazy <laughs> shit. Um, so yeah, so you got these four misfit sort of uh, underground <clears throat> legends. This uh, is sounding like A team. Oh, it is. <laughs> it's all A team stuff. It's um, ridiculous. Yeah, but what I like about it is. It's big. It's big budget. Um, it's a James Bond movie, mm. but it's a James Bond movie with an American as the main actor. Mm-hmm. So if you take the British sensibility, the British bravado, um, and knowing when to cap it, mm-hmm. all of those things that make James Bond, 
if you take uh, because he's British, if you take those out and leave with the leave the gadgets, leave the stunts sequences, leave the nemesis bad guys. That's, this is what you get. Yeah, so we're looking at a at a motorcycle chase that's happening through the brake waves. <laughs> Going underwater. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's really crazy stuff, but it's very entertaining. The Triple the X movies have um, always been pretty cool. Yeah, right. This looks like a good popcorn flick. Absolutely. Is, Leave your brain at home. Yeah. yeah. Not required Yeah, at all. But I can't sum it up any more than to say that it's 007 – for the American audience. I don't know, it's a bit weird where the, you know, me complaining before about the VFX upstaging the story, I feel with this one, yeah. the ridiculousness means that you don't need the story. No story required. Um, there's, there's there's some bad guys. Ticking time bomb somewhere. Yeah, ticking time bomb, bad guys. You've got to get to the time bomb. Yes, motorcycle, ski, yep. parachute. The first the first triple X was exactly the, a ticking time bomb. Yeah. And he had to get to the time bomb. In order to do it, he had to go through Chechnyan rebels and bloody in mm-hmm. Prague and all sorts of stuff. And in order to get in with them, he had to do his X Games type stunts and motorbike stunts and all this stuff. So anyway... It was worth looking at because it's a pretty cool. It's a pretty cool trailer, and it'll probably be an interesting movie. It'll make money. It always does. They mm. always make money. Mm. We'll try to rush through these last couple. Time is getting away from us. Um, this one is the Lego Batman movie. Mm. Um, it looks like the final trailer uh, before we see a release. Um, and this one's quite close to home in that it is made by Animal Logic in Sydney, and probably uh, some of our. Um, very own students uh, working on this as we speak mm-hmm. and have been. Um, the first Batman movie, uh, the first Lego movie was outstanding and one of the main characters that uh, was memorable from it was the Batman character, mm-hmm. voiced by Will Arnett, mm-hmm. um, who's a hilarious, hilarious guy. Mm. Um, and I like it. I, I really like the premise. I think they're having a lot of fun with it. Um, Lego really love to have a bit of fun with um, pop culture. I remember playing the first Lego Star Wars game and a door went in the Death Star and there were three guys, three stormtroopers sitting in a hot tub (laughs) naked (laughs) except for their stormtrooper helmets on. I remember that. Um, So, yeah, yeah, I like the way it sort of takes takes a jab at um, a, a lot of the pop culture. Yeah, again, vibrant, crazy, you know, well thought out and mm. popping characters in front of, you know, the teal backgrounds or, or yeah. whatever we've got there. Yeah. Um, it's a it's a kids' movie, but it's not a kids' movie. Like, yeah, kids yeah, can it, watch it, it yeah. and they'll love it, but, but really... There's two levels going on. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's all in the dialogue and the delivery and the timing. Yeah. Um, and it's really fast-paced. Mm. Like, it just keeps coming at mm. you with the jokes and the, and the, um, the punchlines. I think it's really cool. And the beauty of it is... is it's all real. Like they, they, they factor everything in. So when the water washes down the street in some sort of overflow scene, they're little tiny Lego objects that yeah. are put through a 3D simulation. And, yeah, yeah. Um, and build themselves down the street. Yeah. Te- <clears throat> technically, it's an incredible achievement mm. and um, it's not to be ignored. So I'm excited about that. Yep. That one's coming soon. We have this one. We mentioned the other week that Disney are actually going into or going back into their old catalogue and mm. they're re-releasing their famous uh, 
their famous properties in real life. So their famous animated properties are now being released in real life. Mm. And when you look, this is the first trailer where we really see the stylistic choices. It is the original, right? The beast looks the same, even walks the same. Um, just everything about it mm. is the original 2D animated feature which was very successful by the way mm. it made a lot of money that the original animated feature it's an interesting choice isn't it it's stunning um, I think she looks great in it I think the beast itself um, if we see if we see here mm. it looks really cool you know mm. it's very foreboding um, and really well done I mean I'm, I'm, I'm pretty excited to see what they do with it whilst I'm not overly excited with the story of Beauty and the Beast mm. that's something that um, that Leanne and, and my daughter will get right into they'll love it um, but I'm very excited with what they're doing with effects with what they're doing with character animation um, stylistic choices with lighting and staging and if they get this right they they've also got the Little Mermaid is going to be made real mm. as well. Um, there's a few of them that they're talking about. Um, it's an interesting transition like Rogue One going, you know, including lots of practical, yeah. you know, effects in the in the thing, actual puppets yep. and things. Um, yeah, it's an interesting choice going back to um, that style of movie making or using, as you can see here, you know, there's little animated characters in here, the, the, yeah. the candlestick and everything. Yep. Lumiere and uh, and Mrs. Potts and, and Chip. I've and, got a close... Getting a nice balance between the two is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I've got a very close affiliation with, um, with this property, with a lot of it. Like Disney, I had to... I'll see if I can bring this freeze on this shot here um, where they're dancing here mm. I think they're actually waltzing here, here there they're wearing identical clothes and it's an identical ballroom mm -hmm. to the original mm. yeah um, and I worked on a lot of Disney products where we had to replicate um, and it was for short um, short episodic stuff mm -hmm. and we had to replicate all that mm. so I had to build a lot of the set pieces um I had to rig Lumiere so and he was uh, he's got two flames for hands oh, yeah, you yeah. know the two candles yeah. for hands and it was all rigged it was a difficult difficult rig so I've got a very close connection to a lot of this property so I'm really for me I'm just interested technically how they're how they're going to uh, attack this and and pull it off but Disney, man, they, mm. they've got a big set of rocks on them at the moment. They're just they're just throwing everything at everything, mm. and um, and they're winning, mm. big 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 time. Um, so yes, we're 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 excited to see what they're doing with it. Le less excited to see Beauty and the Beast as a as a property. Um, let's let's finish off here. Let me just throw up um, uh, box office mojo. And let's just have a look at Buena Vista and the year that they've had. I think I might be super zoomed in there. Let me add a little bit here. Um, yeah, the if we look at 2016, which you're looking at there, and we look at Buena Vista, they have had an incredible year. Have a look at some of the... Uh, 
some of the properties there. And you'll notice in the list, there's a couple of items that are 2015 releases, but they were still in cinema circulation early in the year. So they were late 2015, but stuff like uh, Force Awakens was mm-hmm. still selling movie tickets mm-hmm. in January okay. um, and and into February as well. In fact, they made $284 million yep. in, um, in January, even though it was released halfway through December in, in 2015. So if we were to look at this, um, this is as a yearly... I think we have... If we look at some of these titles here, you're finding Dory, $486 million, Captain America, $408 million, Jungle Book, $364 million, Zootopia, $341 million, and it goes on and on and on and on. Um, there are some serious numbers there mm. for one company. Mm. And of course, this is Buena Vista. Mm-hmm. Buena Vista is the cinema, uh, the film um, outfit for Disney. Buena Vista's actually been around for a long, 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 long time, um, releasing all of those Tim Allen movies and the Rock movies and that sort of stuff. But, yeah, um, I thought it was interesting to have a look at Let's see if I can find it here. They have a comparison. Here it is. Yearly comparisons. 53.4% up on last year. Hmm. They're yeah. doing something right. They doubled. Mm. They doubled their profits mm. in a year. And have a look at the trend. <clears throat> yeah? It's all positive. Yeah, man. Mm. When you compare it. These are comparisons. So... 2016 as compared to 2012 uh, 20, is 74% up. Mm. It's 100% up on 2011 and then so on. I thought what was really interesting here is um, this year here, 177% up on um, 2008. And I and then I realised that's the global, global financial crisis, isn't it? Um, 2007, 2008? Probably, somewhere close to there at least. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it sort of instantly jumps out of all that, all that growth there. Well, but- one of my uh, dad's economic friends, he said, you know, he said if there's a global, you know, there's an economic downturn and a crisis, you buy yourself an ice cream shop because everybody wants to buy an ice cream. Yeah. It only costs, yeah. you know, a dollar or two. Everybody's down on their luck yep. and they want to buy an ice cream. Absolutely. And it might be the same with films and stuff, you know. You, you can definitely see a trend. <clears throat> there's, there's growth. There's a there's a drop-off in in, um, in film box office mm. globally for all studios. There's there's a trend. It goes up and up and up and then it drops off uh, in 20, uh, 2007, 2008. And then it spikes up higher, much, much higher than what it was before it dropped off. Mm. And the theory is that even in the downtimes, people find entertainment. They need to forget about their life. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, And so they actually find time to go to the movies, to go and see a show. You know, they find time to go to nightclubs and Mm. drink, you know, spend money on drinking and things like Mm. that. Entertainment is probably one of the few things that are insulated against uh, recessions and depressions and things like that. You can go to a recession, go back in time, go to any recession or depression, you'll still find people knocked out drunk in the in the alleyways because they've been in, in um, speakeasy clubs and things like that mm. all night. You'll always find that because it's that want to, to forget. So this yes. is um, – so we'll just finish off with this. This is the all-time Buena Vista 
Um, so this is Disney all-time um, earnings ranked, one to a hundred. And another Star Wars movie at the top. Yep. Yep. Pretty amazing. It's impressive, isn't it? Marvel, Avengers. When you just look at that list there, man, they've worked out how to make money, haven't they? <laughs> how many of those are VFX heavy films? All of them. All of them. Every single one There's of them? not one of them there. Maybe the Sixth, sixth Sense. It's probably not a very. I don't even know why that's there. Although I th- that's one of those films. Six cents out. It's uh, ninety nine. Really? That's yeah. a long time ago. Yeah, Buena Vista is. Um, you start to get down into here, and you'll see some weird ones under the heading of Buena Vista. Even uh, those ones down low, wild still, hogs, still very heavy yeah, VFX. Yeah, the, the fact things. that Six Sense is up there is pretty oh, pretty impressive. Let's see, fifteen. Yep. Pirates, Caribbean. Yeah. Yeah. Like they they just know how to make an incredible amount of money. And I think it's because it's the full package. They know how to market it. Mm. They've got all their avenues open because they own everything. Mm. You know, like they own magazines, they own newspapers, mm. they own and, – and that's where the marketing happens. So you, you own the reporters that work for that magazine. So you get a three-page expose on the movie that, you know, or the actor or whatever. They just know how to market. Yeah. Pretty impressive, huh? Very impressive. So that's our uh, that's our 2016, 2017 sort of uh, look at some upcoming films and some some interesting film properties that we're excited about and mm. having a look at. I think the number one um, property that I'm most excited about is uh, Valerian. Same here. Yeah, you're the same? Yeah. I, th- I think Bisson, next week we'll have a little quick look at Luc Bisson and have a look at The Fifth Element, mm. draw some parallels there, see... Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and maybe even have a look at where a lot of those artistic flavours are coming from and, uh, and the similarities. Yeah, mm. yeah, definitely. So that's it probably for uh, another week for The Geek. Any uh, any parting words before we go? Uh, anything coming up for you this week? Um, not a lot. Going to be looking at um, some more trailers and just, as you said, probably looking into Valerian. I'm quite taken by it. I think, you know, the research that I did do, um, you know, I wanted to know a bit more. Mm. There's actually on YouTube, there are there was a, a anime. Yeah. It's called Time Jam or something like that. So actually that'll be my next stop. Oh, cool. Is to go onto YouTube and just see what the uh, the cartoon anime version cool. of Valerian looks like. Actually, one thing we will be doing between now and next week's shows, we're going to have a look at the new Star Trek movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're going to look at it in all of its cinema glory in the, on the big screen and we're, mm-hmm. going to, um, we're going to talk about it. And I think Tom, um, Tom McGill is going to join us. Cool. Um, he's, he's, he's definitely keen to come and have a look at the film and then uh, do a bit of a, re- a review. So next show, we're going to have a look at the new Star Trek film as uh, a VFX exercise, as a, um, a narrative piece, uh, as just a piece of cinema. Mm-hmm. Um, we're really going to pull it apart and have a look at where what's under the surface, um, why it looks the way it does, why it feels the way it does, and, and really sort of start to define the way we review films because it's something we're really keen to do in the future. Hmm. Um, so next week we're going to kick off with our first, I guess, major film review. And we're also in the future, in the near future, we're going to also step back in time and look at some uh, some classic cinema, um, some B grade classic cinema, <laughs> and then also some classic classic cinema like Tron and and those classic sorts of- in a uh, in a B grade flavour. Yes, and yeah. a few of the others. Yeah, absolutely. So that's it for us uh, for another week. Um, Until next time, uh, for myself, uh, bye for now, from Dan Miller. 
Bye-bye. <laughs> What is your MSG?